Welcome to another episode of Auto Service World Conversations. I'm Alan Jansen, a contributing editor to Cars Magazine and Jobber News. This is a podcast that brings you new ideas, comments, and concerns about the automotive repair and service industry, sponsored by SiriusXM Canada. SiriusXM is making it possible for you to offer your customers three months of free satellite radio. Go to SiriusXM.ca slash for shops for details. In today's episode, we're talking about power tools. Specifically, why are the latest shop tools more likely to be powered by long-life lithium batteries rather than air or alternating current from a wall plug? Mike Owen is product manager for power tools at Milwaukee Tool Canada. He's been with the company since 2014, and he's seen plenty of changes in that time. He says there's been a sea change in the world of power tools generally, as battery technology has improved. It was once unthinkable that a battery-powered ratchet could deliver the torque necessary for serious automotive work. So what's changed? And what's new in batteries? What are the advantages of using them in a shop environment? And what are the limitations? I thought it was time to put some of these questions to an expert, so I gave Mike a call. Hi, it's Mike speaking. Hi, Mike. It's Alan Jansen calling from Cars Magazine. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Thank you very much for uh, for joining us. Absolutely. Do you remember when the idea of, of driving a ratchet or a hammer with battery power was unthinkable? I don't know if it was necessarily unthinkable, but it wasn't very efficient. Put it that way. We've taken tools and made them significantly more powerful. But then at the same time, we've also been able to take that same technology and put it into a, a smaller package. So kind of one has really led to the other. And that's what really has allowed us to build smaller and smaller tools, but at the same time, more powerful than they've been in the past, which is, I think, really what a lot of those techs are, are looking for. Yeah, especially with the way vehicles are are developing. The engine compartments are smaller, things are closer together. It can be very difficult to, to get inside where you need to uh, undo some fasteners. Obviously, there's some components of the tool that, that make it what it is. The motor and the tool itself is one thing. Batteries are another component. But then the electronics is is kind of the nice cherry on top that really brings everything together. And in my mind, that's really the piece that, that makes the tools what they are. And really what you're able to do with that is, you know, you can maximize the amount of power to a smaller package. Sure. And a lot of that electronics is sort of the bells and whistles that uh, we could only have dreamt about a decade ago. Yeah, for sure. You know, to use an an automotive comparison, it's almost like cruise control. If you've got some tough application and you really need to call upon quite a bit of power to do it, you know, the tool is smart enough to understand when the application gets tough and it calls upon more power from the battery, puts it towards the application. But when you get into a situation where you don't need quite as much power, the tool itself doesn't request that much power from the battery. So it runs a little bit more efficiently when it can, which is great. These days, there's an awful lot of software involved in these tools. Absolutely. If you were to tear apart some of our tools, we've got a huge circuit board um, in both the tool as well as the battery. And that's one of the things that we've been able to do to get a lot better power management. You see a much larger electronics package when you get into some of the larger tools because they need to be protected more from vibrations and things like that. But when you get to the smaller tools, footprint of that circuit board is going to be a lot smaller, but it doesn't mean that it's any less intelligent. It's got a lot of electronics and intelligence built into it to really understand, you know, what is the tool doing and, you know, how can it maximize its performance in order to, to complete the job for the user. Technicians have become very used to zipping the airline on and off tools. It's, it's going to take some mental rewiring, it seems, not to automatically try to connect a hose anymore. Is that something you're hearing from the field? Yeah, that's definitely something that we've got some feedback from. You don't have to worry about dragging the hose around a car and, and trying to weasel it into some of those tight spaces. It's, it's almost like you're removing the leash. 
Right. And so if they're working on a very uh, tough task, they might think they need the power that comes with pneumatics. Uh, and now they're finding out that the battery is strong enough or powerful enough or offers enough torque to do the bigger jobs as well. Yeah. And the nice thing, too, is that we try and keep a lot of our tools on the same battery system. For most of our automotive tech tools, we've put most of them on the M12 platform. So if you're reaching for a die grinder or a ratchet or impact wrench, whatever it is, if you ever do run out of power on a battery, you know, it should be super easy to kind of, you know, swap one out and put a new one in. All the batteries fit and all the tools take all the batteries. So it's it's that compatibility piece, which is incredibly important for us to make sure that all of our users who've made an investment in us, we're protecting their investment. So let's talk about battery power. What was the technological breakthrough that made battery power more tenable for automotive use? Well, one of the big things is we made the switch back in 2008 from NICAD to 100% lithium-ion. There's more power in general from that type of, of pack. Power is more sustained. Power doesn't fade. I mean, all in all, you know, that's where you get a lot more power. So we made the decision 12 years ago that that's the road that we're going down. And really, we're still trying to find out how to unlock power out of the battery itself. There's still a lot of power capability that's kind of tucked away inside that package. And it's it's a matter of still kind of exploiting it and trying to get as much power as you can out of that system. Hmm. So it sounds like things will still be developing uh, in the foreseeable future. Yeah. Being able to run cooler means that you can discharge more power out of that battery pack more rapidly and for a more sustained period of time. So essentially, you can power some of those much more high draw tools and get considerably more power to them than what we could have three years ago. We've got a new one-inch D-handle impact wrench that puts out, I believe it's 2,000 foot-pounds of torque. Um, that's completely cordless. Wow. What are you hearing from the field? What are technicians saying about the new battery-powered tools? Would you say they're embracing it, or is there some reluctance out there? Yeah, absolutely, they're embracing it. We've really started to look at the automotive industry as a whole over the last two or three years. Um, so it's really helping to get a lot more exposure for those users to what we're capable of, uh, you know, on the tools that we produce today. So we are starting to see uh, a ton of focus um, from those users to really adopt, uh, you know, the products that we have. So we're starting to launch tons of new products specifically made for, you know, automotive techs and those types of users. So that pipeline is continuing to stay full. And when it comes to automotive, we talk about power, but is torque the form of power that is the biggest consideration for technicians? Yeah, that definitely gets a lot of the attention. But some of the other important aspects, you know, the size of the system is going to be one thing for sure that's incredibly important. Um, and then runtime is a huge one. So we've got batteries that are, you know, one and a half amp hour, two amp hour, three amp hour, four amp hour and six amp hours. Um, so if you think of it, you know, as a gas tank, the, the larger the amp hours, the, the longer it's going to run. So some of those tools that we have, you know, do suck up a little bit more power than others. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, if you have multiple tools on the same system, you've probably got a bit of a stockpile of batteries sitting around. So if one of them dies, it's, it's super easy to just pop a new one in and you're ready to go. Now, is care of these kind of tools any different than care of air power tools? Um, I would say, you know, on the surface of the tool itself, no. Uh, when you start to introduce the battery pack, you know, there's a little bit of extra care that kind of needs to go with it. Uh, it's always best to, you know, make sure you're charging them in, in an open space that has plenty of airflow because heat is generated. But there's nothing really that, that different from the tools themselves that means that you need to have, a, you know, a different type of uh, care for it. And what about charge memory or um, charging protocols? I, I know that in the early days of rechargeable batteries, you had to let the battery drain completely before charging it or whatever. Uh, has it been made goof-proof for technicians? Yep, it's pretty dummy-proof now. The way that 
NICAD batteries used to be is you had to train them. You had to drain the charge completely from 100% to zero and, and then charge it up all the way and, and then do the same thing. You had to do it a few times to make sure that the battery understood how much room basically it had to go from completely full of a charge to completely dead. You don't need to do that at all anymore. The electronics that I spoke to earlier, that type of thing understands exactly how much power um, is in the battery itself. Uh, to the point where, um, you know, we've also got electronics in the charger. So if you take the battery and stick it on a charger, once it gets to full, uh, the charger shuts off. So it doesn't try and keep charging it anymore. So it, it makes sure that it doesn't overcharge a battery. And, it, and if the battery itself starts to drain down, it, it makes sure that it, it tops it up a little bit so that when you pull it off, you're at 100 percent ready to go. Awesome. So looking down the road a bit, can you tell me what kind of developments we're likely to see in power tools? I think it's safe to say if there's anything in a shop right now that, that's got a hose on it, we're probably looking at what we can pull that hose off of and make a cordless option as well. Uh, you know, I, I can't tip my hand too much about what's coming because we've got... Uh, oh, come on. You you want to. I know you want to. No, I want to, <laughs> but I can't, unfortunately. Um, I mean, one of the big things that we've announced recently is that D-handle high-torque impact wrench with an extended anvil that's going to be coming out in the back half of next year, and that's the largest, most powerful cordless impact wrench that's ever been made and we're starting to get some some feedback from users who are testing it so from a large scale application you know that's probably one of the biggest things physically uh, for sure from us that's coming um, and then again yeah, anything anything that's in a shop that we don't make uh, we're probably looking at it right now so everything from uh, mechanics hand tools and sockets and ratchets and things like that all the way down to and anything else that's that's connected to a hose there you know it's it's pretty safe to say that we're looking at it anything that drives twists or turns Drives, twists, turns, cuts, you name it, we're looking at it. All right, well, thank you very much for your perspective, Mike. I really appreciate your coming on for, for this conversation. It's been very enlightening. Yeah, no problem, no problem at all. Uh, and we'll be looking forward to seeing some of the developments in the future. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's it for another episode of Auto Service World Conversations. I'd like to hear what you think. And if you have a point of view that you'd like to share with the industry, let me know. You could be a guest on an upcoming podcast. Just drop me a note at alan at newcom.ca. You can subscribe to Auto Service World Conversations on Apple Podcasts or simply visit autoserviceworld.com every Monday morning to hear another conversation. As always, I want to thank SiriusXM Canada for sponsoring us and you for listening. I'm Alan Jansen. See you next time.